waters begin to be poured out upon all men. This is there. Spoken by the prophet Joel. This is there. Spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I pour out my spirit. Simons, and you are tuned in to the Tell It Like It Is radio broadcast. I think, what is this, 23 years now we've been doing this? Wow. Yeah, my my youngest son and his wife were married 23 years ago today, and I think we started the broadcast that Sunday, or back then on Saturday. We used to be on Saturday nights, but we switched to Sundays because we were so often preempted by sports games on Saturday nights, so we switched to Sunday nights. This is a, a um, not a Christian station, but a oldies and a sports station that we broadcast on here in Dickinson, North Dakota, and it's called KDIX. It's a regular AM radio station. We are also picked up on the internet by KDIX.net and Holy Ghost Radio Channel 2, and I've got people texting me tonight already tuned in. I'm glad that you are. Let's see here. Who's tuned in tonight? We got Brother Jones from uh, Minnesota, who's the who texted me first. He's listening tonight. Good friend of mine, Brother Fuller, is listening up in the uh, Lake Sakakawea area. We've got Brother Johnson listening down in in Arizona. We've got uh, Brother Griffith out in Montana. Wow, all kinds of ministers tonight. Sister Bretz is listening north of Kildare, and so we got you. Listening, you can be part of the program by texting 701-290-7862 or you can email me robertsimons58 at gmail.com. It's good to be back. I've been gone. We were gone for just about two weeks. We, uh, My wife and I went on a trip to Israel with uh, Brother Sagel, a minister, min- Ministry of Jewish Relations is the name of the group. And what a great tour it was, and what a, a great tour guide we had. And uh, just what an experience. Um, we really enjoyed it, uh, being over in Israel. Um, flew into Istanbul, then to Tel Aviv, and then from there we were just constantly running. or Up early every morning and 
just ran and ran and ran until we dropped in bed at night, and every day was like that. It was not a trip to go on if you wanted to be a relaxing trip. It certainly wasn't relaxing, but it was really enjoyable and um, an experience that I'm glad that I was able to have. My wife and I both met some new people that we went on the trip with that were great people, so we just really enjoyed ourselves and did bring a fresh perspective to the land that Jesus walked in, that Abraham walked in, just um, got to see so many sites, and I'm sure that I'll probably mention some of those things in the broadcasts to come, just some of the things that we saw and did there. Now, if you're tuning in from the Dickinson, North Dakota area where we're from, Pastor Bob is the pastor of the New Life Pentecostal Church, 501 Elks Drive, and we have a, a beautiful church building right on Interstate 94, 501 Elks Drive, and we'd love to have you come and visit us. This week we have special services, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, so we'll Tuesday night in beach, weather permitting. We're looking at facing a winter storm here, so we'll see how that all goes. And Wednesday night in Dickinson, and Thursday night in Bowman. Uh, Brother Jesse Starr from Minot, North Dakota, is the preacher, and we will looking forward to having him so we just want everyone here in our area to know that we do have special services this week starting at 7.30 each night, uh, beach at 7.30. Uh, it's the Beach uh, House of Prayer Church in Dickinson, of course, uh, the New Life Pentecostal Church, and then down in Bowman right on, um, I think it's 18 North Main, we have a church down there that we'll be having services in. So usually we have people from Bowman tuning in. But not so far tonight, I don't think. Oh, yes, they are. Good hello to Yvonne and Marin listening tonight. Somebody um, said that we have no um, Holy Ghost radio. Is that? Are you guys being? Brother Griffith just said that he wasn't able to hear hold, hear us on Holy Ghost radio. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, anybody else listening on Holy Ghost radio tonight that is is able to hear us? I don't. I don't. Um, well, well, we'll check into that here in just a little bit. The um, It is good to be back. It was good to have people that filled in for us. We had uh, Dr. Matt Ramsey do one broadcast, and my son Ben Simons do another broadcast while we were gone. And so, but it is good to be back, and I do enjoy this. I do have a little bit of jet lag going on. My wife and I can't figure out what, whether it's night or day, we wake up at like 3 in the morning. We go to bed tired, but we just wake up wide awake at 3 or 3.30 in the morning, so we're hoping to get our schedules back on. Uh, hope that we can get that going. Um, let's turn in the Bible tonight. I'm going to talk about the title of um, this, this broadcast. is what I preached about today in church, and it's simply Don't Check Out. Don't Check Out. Philippians chapter 1, 21 through 25. This broadcast is especially um, interesting for me to do on the radio, on a live radio show, because I don't know who I'm speaking to, and who knows who I'm speaking to tonight, and who knows how this may uh, be pertained to whoever I'm speaking to tonight. Philippians chapter 1, verse <coughs> 21 through 25. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor, yet what I shall choose I wot not. For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is better for me, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you for your furtherance and joy of faith. Let me read just part of that out of the Living Bible, uh, verses 22 through 26, it says, But if I live, I can, do, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sakes, it is better that I continue to live. Knowing this, I'm convinced that I will remain alive so I can continue to help you, all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. Very interesting how Paul was 
being kind of double-minded here. He was musing here. He was thinking out loud. He was talking about, as a believer, and especially in his case as a believer who lived in such troubled times and had gone through so much persecution and torture and just all kinds of things, that to die sounded good to the Apostle Paul. Like he was maybe tired of the fighting, uh, just tired of the, uh, you know, I'm sure his body was always racked with pain from the beatings that he'd had and the broken bones that he'd incurred. He, he was probably always groaning when he stood up. You know, I'm just supposing here, but but the Apostle Paul was saying, I'm just, he said, I'm in a straight. Like, I, I don't really know what to, you know, he said, I don't know what, what to do, according to King James. Um, Paul, we know, was not afraid of death. In Acts 20 and 24, he said, neither count I my life dear unto myself. And uh, that that's easy to say. And maybe you say, well, that's nice that he said that in his little speech, that he didn't count his life dear to himself. But I know that he wasn't afraid of death, because even in Acts chapter 21, when Paul, uh, there was a prophet named Agabus that had warned Paul in prophecy in front of a bunch of other people that if he went to Jerusalem, he'd be bound and and, and he would um, uh, be turned over to the Gentiles. And they all began to weep. And Paul said, you guys are breaking my heart. Stop weeping. Um, I'm not ready to just go and be bound in Jerusalem, but I'm ready to go die there. Of course, we know he didn't die there, but he did. That was the beginning of it. So they finally quit crying and said, the Lord's will be done. That's what they said. So Paul wasn't wasn't afraid of death. I mean, he wasn't going to commit suicide either. But he was just saying that I, I'm, some days I feel like checking out. Like, I don't know. You know, if it's be better just to to be gone. Part of the reason I'm speaking about this tonight is is when we were in Israel, we saw a place called Masada. Now, part of this tour in Israel when we went on was was um, viewing many of the sites that Herod the Great had built. He had built these sites over the top of uh, famous Jewish places, and He was quite, I went away thinking about Herod as a real tyrant, but he was also quite a builder. Of course, he had slave labor, but he was quite a builder. And we saw many of the castles, like in Caesarea and um, Jerusalem and Bethlehem, you know, and and just different places that Herod had built stuff. Um, And one of the places was a, a flat-topped mountain or hill called Masada. Herod had built a winter resort for himself there with a couple palaces on top. This was a really tall, you know, maybe in the Rockies you wouldn't call it a mountain, but a really tall hill that had a flat plateau on top. It was a natural fortress. And then Herod built a fortress on top of it besides and Masada, when the, the Romans came in 70 A.D., uh, some of the, and, and attacked Jerusalem, some of the Jews escaped to Masada and took it over. And they held out against the Romans um, until about 74 A.D. They held out a, maybe a couple years there. And the Romans, to get to conquer this place, had to build a earthen ramp up to it and that we saw that all it's it's an amazing sight and the um, the romans they got the earthen ramp built after quite a while and they they ended up breaking through the gates of masada and it was dark out and they pulled back and they waited for morning to come in and kill torture capture everyone that was there well, that night in Masada, the, the people came together and made an agreement that we're not going to let them capture us. We're going to kill ourselves. And so 
they appointed, they all agreed to it. Every one of them, I think there was just a couple people that went into hiding, a um, couple ladies and, and so on, but just about everybody, 960 people, according to Josephus, um, began to kill each other. You know, they, they appointed one man to kill 10 people and then another person to kill, t- and then those people killed each other, and finally the last person killed themselves. And their concept was we'd rather die free than be under the torture and humiliation and whatever the Romans were going to do to them, which was always bad. I mean, you, you could never, you could always count on that. The Romans, oh, you know, I forgot to say hello to the Lunas. Hello, Paul and his family are listening tonight. I, and um, see who else. The Sobergs are listening. We've got Shane listening tonight. Tim listening in North Carolina. But anyway, so so the uh, when I was at Masada, it it was very I was very troubled up there. You know, history is not a fictional story. It re- it really happened, and it it troubles me sometimes when I'm thinking about these dramatic situations and what would I do if I was in that situation, like. Could I possibly, uh, some of my friends are listening tonight, could we possibly run each other through with swords and then finally kill ourselves and do it uh, completely willingly? And and I, I, I realize there are two sides to this, and I, I get that. I, I, I get the idea that, you know, that death is better than some things, than a living death, for instance, of terrible slavery and, all the horrible things that could happen to your children and your wives. And, and, you know, I mean, I I realize that. But it really made me think about the Apostle Paul's words here, that to die is gain, but to live uh, is is something that he, he goes to, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. You know, do we have the right to check out? We're doing a radio show like this. You wonder, is somebody driving around the streets of Dickinson, North Dakota, thinking of committing suicide? And and we're on the air with you right now. Do you have the right to check out, to commit suicide? Uh, do, do we have the right, uh, no matter how hard our life is, to do that? When you look at the Bible, we, we see a, a suicidal man named Jonah who was who was uh, running from what God's will was in for his life, and because of that, a whole bunch of people got in trouble on a ship. The ship was sinking in a terrible storm, and Jonah told everyone there, if you want to save yourself, throw me overboard. Was that the only option? I don't think it was. I really don't think it was. I think Jonah could have prayed to the Lord and said, Lord, okay, I'll go to Nineveh. He could have told the men, turn the ship around and take me back and the storm will stop. Jonah was suicidal. He he was upset about some things, and he wanted to die rather than face the things that he didn't want to do. And that's the way a lot of suicide is. Suicide is... Outside of people that are absolutely drug-crazed or mentally ill or even demon-possessed, suicide is always about selfishness. And my program is going to be really about this. Don't check out. You know, Jonah, he wanted to end his life. He tried to end his life, but God had other plans, and Jonah was saved. But even when Jonah decided to go and do God's will in Nineveh, he still wanted to die afterwards because things weren't going his way. Wasn't it selfishness when Jonah told them to throw him overboard? Wasn't it selfishness when he desired death on that hill overlooking Nineveh? You know, you look through the entire Old Testament and you see people that, that um, you know, were in terrible situations. You know, you look at people like Samson who through his own mistakes was in, um, had had his eyes blinded, uh, burned out. He 
was in slavery, uh, made a mockery of the Philistines. Who knows what they did to Samson? Who knows what they did? And was did Samson want to die? He did. I, I know he did because at the end of his life, the prayer that he prayed to God. See, what I'm going to speak tonight about is that all of us are tempted to check out at times. All of us are. Um, and some of it has to do with self-pity. Some of it has to do with just facing things that we don't want to face. But all of us at times are tempted to check out. And, and I'm going to go through people that may surprise you in the Bible that were tempted to check out. Samson, at the end of his life, he told the Lord, he said, he, they, of course, if you know the story, they brought him up and set him between the two pillars that this house of Dagon of the Philistines sat upon. And, and uh, his prayer was, Lord, let me die with my enemies. And so it wasn't suicide, but it was his prayer. And God listened to his prayer. But Samson had that one more thing he needed to do first, and God let him do it. We look at all kinds of people in the Bible that went through all kinds of terrible situations, like Joseph in the Old Testament, and how he was accused of trying to rape his his boss's wife, which he did not do, and and he was thrown in prison unjustly, and, and that was just one of many unjust things that happened to Joseph. You wondered if Joseph just thought while he was in prison that first day, wishing he was just dead. But isn't it good that he wasn't dead, if you know the rest of the story? You know, you know never give up. Never give up. Wanting to die before God is done with us may be the most selfish thing we can wish for. Paul, in our text tonight, was saying that uh, I don't know what to choose. I, I can't make up my mind. I'm in a straight between the two of whether to go and be with Christ, which would be better for me, or to stay here and fulfill and help other people get to know Christ. But Paul came to the right conclusion because Paul wasn't a quitter. Paul wasn't a person that was just going to check out. You'll see where this program is going tonight. It's not just about suicide. But I wanted to say all that because who knows who I'm speaking to. It's always interesting to me how God works. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862. I walk along I wonder where you 
tonight, Pastor Bob Simons from Dickinson, North Dakota, talking about don't check out. Simple topic, but you'll see that it applies to other areas of our life, too. So death, uh, for us, is all about, death for the believer is all about rest and joy, peace, being with Jesus. But life for us is, what's life, what is it about? Life for us is You know, number one, about worshiping God, serving God, bragging about God to others. David said in Psalm 88, 11, Shall thy loving kindness be declared in the grave, or thy faithfulness in destruction? Like, once I'm dead, Lord, who am I going to tell about you and all the good things you've ever done for me? You know, this is, um, uh, in Isaiah, he said the same thing, Isaiah 38, 18, For the grave cannot praise thee, death cannot celebrate thee. They that go down into the pit cannot hope for thy truth. The living, the living, he shall praise thee as I do this day. The father to the children shall make known thy truth. I preached about that a while back. While we have breath, let's praise the Lord. That's our job. So, you know, we are here on this earth Number one, to serve God, to love God, to praise God, to to promote the things of God to others. Number one. And to check out in this life by suicide or just checking out by giving up. You know, I I've seen we we, we use the word backsliding. Uh, for people that have known truth and have walked away, some people don't like that word. I don't know. It's it's a Bible word, um, but to me, that's one of the most depressing places that a person can live because you truly have already died. You know, just the way that Adam and Eve had died when they sinned, and they had to be born again, like Jesus spoke about later the backslider is just a a sad person they've checked out on serving god they've checked out on on <clears throat> pleasing god they've checked out on the main purpose that god designed us in life they've checked out they've quit if you're a backslider listening to me tonight um stop being so miserable come back to god you know why? Why? Why do you are, are just a glutton for punishment? I guess. And number two, number one is of course to serve God and love Him. But number two, we are alive to love and serve and impact other people. You know, the, so whether it be by suicide or just other selfish actions. 
people check out all the time. They check out of their responsibilities. You can be checked out even though you're still breathing. You can be checked out even though your heart is still pumping. You can die before you're dead. And a lot of people are walking around just walking dead corpses. Because once you stop loving, you stop living. When you stop loving, you've checked out of this life. So we need to be so careful. And the thrust of this broadcast tonight is be so careful that you don't check out. Uh, Be so careful that when tragedy hits you, that you don't give up, that you get up right away. I was just listening to a friend of mine tell me a story about some sports, uh, I think football high school coach, famous high school coach from the 60s, I think he said, that had the winningest record of any coach ever. And he was nowadays would not be able to be a coach because he was so rough on his players, but he would tell his players something like this. If you get knocked down, Unless there's bones protruding from the flesh, get up instantly. No matter how bad it hurts, get up. Within a second, get up. Don't lay there. Just get up. And I'm telling you that today that's the way we've got to be. Life, things in life can really knock you down. I mean, really can. I'm not just talking about these people full of self-pity thinking their life is so bad when it's not. And there's a lot of that out there, too. But I'm telling you, there are real things in life that can knock you down. Actions of others towards you. Um, Like I say, a conglomeration of your past mistakes can just come up against you. Um, Sometimes, like, not things you've even done. Things that others have done. And we have this feeling of wanting to just quit. And I'm telling you, you need to get up. This life is all about responsibility, and God wants us to live it until he says it's time to go home. This concept, well, I'll just let somebody else worry about it. I worried about it for so long. I'll let some, you know, that's that's the concept of a quitter. I'm not promoting worry here, but I am promoting responsibility. Loving, serving, impacting others, you know, paying your bills, you know, working your job to take care of your family, cleaning your house, whatever it is. But quitting and dropping out of the battle, checking out of the battle before God, God calls us home is not an option for God's people. Checking out is not an option. Now, as I said earlier, we're, we're in good company if you've ever felt like checking out. I mean, we're in good company. Jesus was both God and man at the same time when he walked this earth. My wife and I got to visit places that where Jesus actually had walked. I mean, the, the roads that are still there that certainly Jesus is feet had touched he was truly a man he he was a man just like i'm a man in the sense that he that he felt the emotions that i feel but the spirit that was within him was god almighty but he was double natured as a man uh we see jesus being hungry being tired you know we we see those situations as god he could calm the sea you know, my wife and I were on that Sea of Galilee. That was pretty neat. He, um, but, but when I say that we, this is a common human condition to become discouraged and desire to check out. Even Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane, struggled with the same dilemma that we're talking about tonight. Was he asking if he could check out from his mission when he said in Matthew twenty six thirty nine, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. 
Does that sound like Jesus was thinking about checking out? He knew what the mission was. He knew what it was supposed to be, but facing the cross and the pain and the humiliation. You know, I learned some things when I was over there that bothered me really bad because Jesus wasn't crucified way up on a hill that you had to look up to, but he was crucified alongside a road. And the cross probably was, his eyes were right about eye level of people that walked by that could still spit on him and laugh at him and mock him right to his face. And Jesus knew that this was going to happen. He knew that he was going to be taking upon himself the sin of mankind. And he cried out, oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But then he went on to say, nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. You know, I'm not here to condemn or criticize you if you feel like checking out. But I'm here to tell you not to check out. There's, there's, you know, I'm not suicidal. I'm not. And I certainly am not seeking death, but there are times in my life that, that um, yeah, I'm tempted to just want to check out. You know, I, I'm tempted. Just like Paul was. Do you understand what my text was about? Paul really was between two opinions. He said, I just don't know what to do because to die would be better than to live for me. But to live would be better for the people around me. When did what we want to do supersede what we need to do? Let me say that again. When did when what we want to do supersede what we need to do? You know, this broadcast, don't check out. I've got some other things I want to say. I'm going to play another song by Bill Farron. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862. And uh, don't check out. To be the man I'm supposed to be When I fail the enemy speaks to me Whispering in my ear you might as well give up To try again would just be one more bitter cup So when the darkness sets in and I've lost my way My dreams seem shattered and I've blown another day My only hope is in the one who died for me Teach me, Lord To be the man I'm supposed to be Change me, Lord Got a long way to go to be like my Lord To stay the same is one thing I cannot afford My wife and family need someone who will leave I've got to die so you can live in me And so I plead That when the darkness sets in and I've lost my way My dreams seem shattered cause I've blown another day My only hope is in the one who died for me Teach me, Lord, to die And be the man I'm supposed to be 
you're faithful when I fail to please. And when the pressure's great, it drives me to my knees. Into that secret place where you can transform me. Into the image of the man I'm supposed to be. Darkness sets in and I've lost my way My tongue has shattered lives and I've wasted yet another day My only hope is in the one who died for me Transform me, Jesus, into the man I'm supposed to be Bob to tell it like it is radio show, and it is good to be back in the USA. If you're just tuning in, I, my wife and I came back from a trip to Israel. We were gone for quite a while. Um, interesting texts while that song was playing. We have Brother Chuppy, our pastor from Bismarck, saying they had a backslider in the altar before the it was over, was dancing. That's exciting. Uh, worshiping, dancing. Uh, I've got a missionary named Mark Schreckheis just texted me saying that he ate worms. They were eating worms in the Amazon. He's down in Ecuador. He's sending me a video of it. I don't know if I want to look at it or not. You know, I don't, I asked him the other day, he was eating a guinea pig down there that looked like a rat. And I said, um, I said, do they have McDonald's down there if I come down? And he said, we do. They probably got a McWorm and a McPig on their menu. <coughs> but um, I'm glad you're listening tonight. Glad you're, I, I don't think Brother Shrek, I says, sounds like Brother Chuppy is, but glad you're listening. Tonight we're talking about the concept of don't check out. Don't check out. You know, as I before we played that last song, as I mentioned, uh, I'm not here to criticize those that, that have ever felt like checking out because... The Apostle Paul was talking about that very thing in my text in Philippians chapter 1. He said, I don't know what to choose. I'm, I'm in a strait between the two things. I have a desire to depart, but I really know I should stay. Uh, we, I talked about how even Jesus himself um, is, was, was, you know, facing the cross said, is there another way we could do this? Is there something different we could do? He was looking to check out of his responsibility. But, of course, he didn't, and thank God, because we're all here today because of that. You know, um, I don't think there could be true bravery without fear of some type. Um, otherwise, it would be just foolishness, you know, to, to face, uh, you know, a terrible condition and having the choice to get out of it, but doing it for others anyway, that's, I mean, it doesn't matter that you feel like quitting. Just don't quit. I think about Elijah in the Old Testament. Elijah um, had just come off of a tremendous victory where uh, we were uh, on that hill or a hill somewhere on that hill that this happened on 
just a week ago, but where where Elijah was, you know, the pro- had called fire down from heaven, and and the prophets of Baal and the prophets of the groves, these prophets were all killed, and uh, Elijah prayed, and and the rain cloud came, and it started raining. He was riding high on victory. But a, a wicked queen named Jezebel let word come to Elijah, by the end of this day, you're going to be dead. And Elijah took off running for his life. This great prophet was running for his life. I'm sure he felt humiliated. I'm sure he felt um, like, what's going on here? And he ran, and he ran, and he finally got to a spot where he was felt like he was safe. And in First Kings 19 and 4, it says he sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die. And he said, it's enough now, O Lord. Take away my life. You see, there have been great people that have felt like and wanted to check out. Now, we don't see Elijah trying to kill himself, but he's asking God to kill him. Just let me die. I, I want to I wanna leave. You know, I, I've had enough. That's what he said. It's enough now. You know, he said, I'm not better than my father's. Like, just let me die, Lord. But the Lord, and he told the Lord, he said, I'm the only one left. I mean, he, he really felt that way. But the Lord spoke to him and said, you know, first of all, you're not the only one left. There's 7,000 more that haven't bowed to Baal. But the Lord told him, you know, Elijah, I'm not done with you yet. Maybe I'm specifically talking to somebody that's older, that you've served God for a long time, and now you feel like you're in some spot where you're useless or not needed or you're not really sure what direction you're supposed to be going. Don't check out on your ministry. Keep on praying. Keep on studying. Because God's not done with you yet. That's not your call. That's his call. He told Elijah, he said, listen, he said, there's a a king named Haziel that you need to anoint to be the king over Syria. And there's a king named Jehu that you need to anoint over Israel. And there's a, a man named Elisha that you got to go find and throw your mantle on him. And he's going to be the prophet that takes your place. And so go train him in. What if Elijah had died before all that stuff happened? D- don't check out. You know, I this is, you know, I feel like that coach I was talking about earlier, you know, like, Get up. Get up instantly. Don't don't lay there. Don't when when something bad happens to you, whether it's health, uh, what whatever it is, family issue, whatever, financial issue, just get up. Get going. Get moving. Start over. We can't afford to check out. You know, um, this thinking about that hill called Masada over in Israel and how those people checked out. Now, here again, I'm not saying that I have the answer to that situation because that's what troubled me so bad because I thought, what would I do in that situation? But, I mean, a couple things. Number one, maybe I'd die fighting. Number two, maybe I'd still just hold on to the very end and believe God's not done yet. You know, I don't know this why this is about God, and, and maybe it's just a perception, but sometimes, a lot of times, he seems to wait till the last minute, doesn't he? Seems like it. Like, why why does he let things go for so long before he moves? But because I know that he could, and it's and he's God and can do whatever he wants, who am I to check out before the end of the story? That would be like reading a really 
a long novel that kind of turns sour. You know how they all turn sour towards the end? And then right at the very end, everything works out. That's not, I think, every author, but Jack London does that. But they, they um, you know, like, <clears throat> I mean, it gets, the, the story, you know, the, the heroes, the heroines, they get in more and more trouble, and it gets worse and worse and worse. And finally, there's no answer. There's no way to get out. And then at the very end, stuff begins to happen, and it fixes everything. What if you'd quit reading the book before the very end? You know, and the problem with us is we don't know what the very end is. We don't know how many pages there are in our book. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. You know, I when I, I preached this in our church today, um, somebody walked up to me and said, we're saved by hope. That's exactly right. That's what I'm preaching today. The Apostle Paul felt like dying, but there was a lot of hills to conquer yet. There was a lot of good things. There were other letters of the Bible that he hadn't written yet at this point that we wouldn't have if he checked out. Paul wasn't necessarily feeling sorry for himself when he said, I don't know what to do here. You know, he he might have been thinking even about how when that prophet tried to warn him away from going to Jerusalem, he might have been thinking about maybe I maybe I shouldn't go to Jerusalem because I, I'm going to end up dying there. Of course, we know he died in Rome, but he was arrested in Jerusalem. Who Who are you out there listening to me tonight? You know, are you somebody that's thinking of just checking out, leaving your family? Things have gotten so bad that you're just going to check out. Maybe you're a, a grandparent that just can't handle the issues that your family's having, so you're thinking, I'm just going to move away. I'm going to check out. Is that is that what God wants you to do? You know, is, is, isn't there something, isn't there a mission left? You know, this, this topic to me is like just a lot of thinking. Like a lot of, like not a lot of answers, but just a lot of questions. Like why am I still here? Now, I, I believe this, and I think you that are listening, I, I see I'm running out of time here, <clears throat> but I do believe that when people get close to death, there's a little switch that they could actually die if they want to. I've watched it happen. I um, I, I believe it can happen. I, I don't think you can just wish yourself dead and be dead, but I do know that it seems like when you get into that very weakened condition that you can just drift off into death. But some people do that even before they get to that condition. And the kind of death they're living is just the death of a quitter. The death of a person that's just shirking their responsibilities because it's too hard, it's been too long, they're too tired. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to encourage all of us here today. We've got to get up. We've got to... We, we can't afford to lay down there. The um, Just before I get into maybe the last story I tell, or maybe I'll tell a couple more. Uh, Brother Jones just texted me, and he'll, he'll remember this man that I'm going to talk about towards the end. But just want to mention that um, I pastor the New Life Pentecostal Church, 501 Elks Drive, Dickinson, North Dakota. And we have our next service here Wednesday night. We have a special speaker, uh, but we also in Beach Tuesday nights at the beach at the uh, House of Prayer Church in Beach. We're having service there every Tuesday night and Sundays, and in Bowman every Wednesday night and Sundays. But this week in Bowman, there's going to be a special service on Thursday night, and so uh, we'd love to invite everybody out uh, Tuesday night in Beach, North Dakota. 7.30, House of Prayer Wednesday, 
Dickinson, North Dakota, 501 Elks Drive at 730. And then in Bowman on 18 North Main is where our church is there on Thursday night. Uh, we have Jesse Starr speaking for us on these three nights. And I know I know it's weather permitting. I realize that we're looking at a possible winter storm watch, but I, I don't think it'll be as bad as the last one that we had. And then on Sundays in Dickinson, our, our services are Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock is Sunday school, 11 o'clock is our worship service. You're listening to a topic that I've titled tonight, Don't Check Out. I want to tell a story that uh, Brother Jones will remember. And I, it's a story I love to tell, and I um, I just I, I love the man that I'm going to tell the story about. He was an older man in our Bismarck church, and he he was old. He was he was um, you know somebody from Bismarck could probably fill me in exactly, but I think Earl was probably seventy eight years old, something like that, and he got real sick, real bad. Uh, he was dying. He was in the hospital. He was in a coma. He wasn't really responding. If he wasn't in a coma, he wasn't saying anything. He was at death's door. I wasn't going to live very long. His Some of his family from Texas was flying in to try to say goodbye to him. Pastor Walters left, the, my pastor, Pastor Walters left the hospital that night. Pretty sure that Earl wouldn't be around in the morning. And uh, <clears throat> the morning came and he called at the hospital. Earl was still alive. He went up to the hospital and walked into Earl's room. And the night before, Earl had been, you know, unresponsive, not saying anything. And Pastor Walters saw Earl sitting up in bed, looking really good. And Pastor Walters said, Earl, what happened? He goes, oh, I don't know, but last night, Somebody turned that bright light on and opened that window and that fresh air came in and, boy, I feel good. Well, there was nobody that came in and turned a bright light on and the windows don't even open in the hospital there. I don't know what happened in that room, but I know God touched Earl. But here, let me tell you why I think he did. In fact, I even prayed this prayer. Maybe some of the people listening tonight prayed the same prayer. But Earl and his wife were raising a granddaughter, the the, the girl's mother wasn't capable of raising her. And Earl and Chris know this Acts 238 message, and it was very important for them to raise this girl so that she, because her other family that could have raised her didn't know or didn't live this, this Acts 238 message. And so my prayer was, Lord, I know Earl's old, but it just seems like he needs to stick around a little while to get Emily raised. That was my prayer. And you know, Earl checked out of that hospital, and I think he lived, and here again, these numbers are kind of fuzzy for me, but I think he lived another six years after that. And he raised Emily. She still goes to our Bismarck Church. You see, it wasn't time, Earl, to check out. It wasn't time... You still had something left you needed to accomplish. Even at your age. There was, a, there was a mission. Maybe, who knows, maybe the greatest mission of his life was to raise that granddaughter so she could know the truth. And she still does. Lord Jesus, tonight, I pray, I don't know who I'm talking to exactly about this, Lord, or what aspect I'm talking about, to them, whether it's real suicide or just people that feel like giving up and maybe just want to leave or want to die or want to shirk their responsibilities. Lord, I know that all of us have battled this and, and went through this and continue, will continue to go through this. But God, <clears throat> pray that you just give us the strength to stand when we need to stand and the strength to keep going on when we feel like giving up. Lord, I, I pray that we, even though it may look hopeless to someone that's listening to me tonight, that you would just tell them and help them to carry on and move forward. 
God, I here again, Lord, I don't know exactly who I'm talking to tonight on this radio, but you know, and you know why I'm doing this tonight. And I just pray that you'll touch those that are listening. In Jesus' name. Come and see me, Pastor Bob. New Life Pentecostal Church, Dickinson, North Dakota. I know many of you are listening from other places, but if you live in our area, please, please come and make our acquaintance. We'll tell you all about that Acts 2.38 message where Peter said to repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We believe that. It's still active today, and there's a church, at least one in Dickinson, that believes that. God bless. Don't you know there's a place in the middle of your heart An empty place that only Christ can fill And if you bow your knee to Jesus and claim Him as your Lord Don't you doubt for a minute that He will always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website www.holyghostradio.com The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.